Hey, uh, welcome to episode four of the Movies That Move Us with your host, Al Larson, and co-host, Quince Van Orden. This week we bring to you an episode with a slightly different flavor than normal with a genre battle, where we are going to take two movies from the same genre, and based on a series of criteria set aside by a third party, we debate which film is the better and maybe more genre or fits the genre better. Today's episode, we're calling Rom Competition, because we're battling my favorite rom-com, when Harry met Sally against Quince's favorite French-based rom-com, Roxanne. Okay, so today's episode is romantic comedies, and for the listeners out there, why this began is I know Al graduated with French. Yeah, I graduated with a French studies degree. And I took French in high school, so I have a little bit of French background. I also went to France after high school. You've been there. I told you that my favorite French story was Therineau de Bergerac, um, fantastic romantic comedy. And I asked you if you'd watched Roxanne, and you hadn't. And so we decided, okay. I will take this against any other rom-com and battle you with it. And then you told me when Harry met Sally, and good thing is I've never watched that. And so we had this great experience, I think, of watching two movies that neither of us had watched, but we both loved the other, or the one that we do know. And so we can add that to this movies that move us um, and, and talk about why. Yeah, well, and I'm I'm super glad that we like. I think that almost every single movie that we have watched so far has been brand new to me. Same for our very first episode, we watched Les Antouchables. Like every episode, I get to kind of watch something new, and so it's it's really exciting to me that I get to see something that is meaningful to somebody else that hasn't like just has not even been mm-hmm. on my on radar. <laughs> yeah, on my radar at all. Um, so getting to, to see something like this, sure. I've seen like the artwork for Roxanne. I didn't know that it was about Cyrano de Bergerac. I didn't really know even almost anything about Cyrano de Bergerac other than he had a long nose and it was that it was a French play. So, Mm -hmm. and you know, uh, interesting part is that this is like one of the first roles that, Steve Martin is a writer and a producer in this, and he did love the story himself. And so that's why he took it upon himself to make it from the French play into an American version. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, so I'm surprised that I really haven't seen any productions of Cyrano de Bergerac. You know, I grew up doing a lot of theater and participating and seeing different plays. And I'm, so I'm kind of surprised that the story feels so uh, unknown to me. Oh, yeah, that it's, it's, you know, it's, it's something that, uh, you know, it's like when you run into a Shakespeare play that you haven't seen yet. And it's just like, oh, this has been around for hundreds of years, but mm-hmm. I just haven't watched it. You know, so many other movies, it's like, okay, well, it's only been out for a couple months or a couple years, but this is one it's been out for my entire lifespan. The, the, both oh, yeah. the, I, the movie and both the movie the and story. the play. Yeah. And it's just somehow just never seemed to seep into my education. And, and that's funny. Cause you know, I, I learned from it from French class in high school, or maybe I was introduced to the movie uh, from my brothers who also love Steve Martin and whatnot. But anytime I see, and we'll, and we'll get into this later, someone who is in love with someone else, but they feel they can't talk. And so they ask someone else to speak for them. And maybe they're hiding behind a bush or something else. I'm like, they're pulling a Serino de Bergiac, you know, kind of thing. It's just like this story has been so old, but people kind of use that concept often in other things. Well, and then to talk about, you know, to give a little bit equal footing to uh, When Harry Met Sally, this is one that 
I had watched only just a couple of years ago. Like I know that it's a, a mm. big classic from 1989. My parents, they used to own an edited movie store and we had that one in there, but I just was never interested in watching it as a kid. Finally did watch it. I have no clue what inspired me to, to watch that one, but holy cow, it instantly skyrocketed to the very top of my, mm. of my rom-com list. And I had never seen it. I mean, I, everyone knows probably the most famous scene of Meg Ryan telling Billy Crystal that women fake orgasms and then she does it in the, the restaurant or whatever. And I, I think I've seen just even that clip, but I haven't seen the rest of the movie. And so I'm like, oh, great. I, I, um, I love Meg Ryan because she does great with Tom Hanks and the other rom-coms, but I've never seen this. I love Billy Crystal always wanted to, so I was glad to, to watch this. For chemistry of leads, I think Meg Ryan and Billy Crystal were better. I, I, <laughs> I think uh, Steve Martin and... Um, Daryl Hannah. Daryl Hannah. They did great together, but they're chemistry it was more like in the very beginning they were just friends and they did a great job of him you know kind of uh introducing her to the community and just being someone would who would help her brought the telescope up but i didn't um see that that chemistry um and and maybe they had later on the chemistry of love for each other but not a also sexual chemistry you know right uh, now here i i'm gonna agree with you i think i think that this is interesting that both of these ones are setting themselves up as being friends to start mm -hmm. off with uh, i guess i guess harry and, and sally didn't necessarily in, intend to set out as being friends but they they are friends for the majority of the film mm-hmm and so I think that their chemistry of like how they kind of switch from one into the other, it felt a lot more natural that you yeah. saw this kind of reaction and change over time. And obviously and it's taking place over like a 12 year period. So they can kind of age them and, and kind of push it forward a lot, a lot more than, than also, the story. Of, I think of the them. chemistry between, um, them both is because most of the focus is on both of them where Roxanne, most of the focus is on Steve Martin. Um, I mean, he, yeah. he is the main lead, but there's not a lot of scenes between both of them together. Yeah. That's, that's a great, that's a great point. So since, since we're kind of, so we'll, we'll, chemistry, give... we'll give it to when Harry met Sally, but yeah. The next one, quality of meat cute. I think Roxanne wins. Um, <laughs> you you talked about this when you were first watching, and oh, she just gently walking to the fire station naked, you know. Um, and uh, and then he you know he has to not tell the whole fire squad that there's a naked lady out there, or they just think he's just joking, um, you know. Mm -hmm. And and I think that is a great uh meet cute compared to oh i just happen to be leaving the university of chicago and going to new york you can ride with me right and not only that it's not even like a meet cute in the way that like in harry met sally harry and sally hate each other for, for mm -hmm. you know several probably like 30 minutes of the movie where each time they run into each other it's like hey how's it going but I don't really want to be around you. And so it doesn't yeah. feel cute. Uh, you know, there's, you know, they have some funny conversation, but it's not funny. And like meeting somebody, and I would actually say that uh, Steve Martin's character meeting her while she's naked, it pulls it off pretty well in, in a way that even nowadays, it doesn't come off as... Uh, it doesn't come off as creepy or, or just, mm -hmm. or, or anything like that. Um, you know, he was, he was being more charming and he's mm -hmm. not like leering at her trying, like they didn't, 
they didn't record it in a way to like try to show any any uh, midriff of her or anything to to really get you all titillated and excited. Mm-hmm. They, they really make it just a very neat cute. And so, yeah, I 100% mm-hmm. give that one to. I also will one. say there are very few things that disgust me and spitting in movies when people spit on people's faces or whatever. And so watching Billy Crystal spit the grape seeds just disgusted me. Um. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I just can't imagine like, like every time that maybe I just don't have good spit power or whatever, but like, Mm -hmm. I just feel like I have to have like a little cup or something. I can't, I can't trust myself to like spit it out the window and like have it not just land right on the side of the car right after that. Okay. So the next one acting overall. Okay. Let me actually start this one. Go ahead. Um, so I feel like the acting overall feels fairly realistic and, and more naturalistic in When Harry Met Sally. So I'm going to give it to them. Whereas Steve Martin, it, you know, he adapted this, this dialogue of Cyrano de Bergerac, but it really felt scripted throughout the whole thing that okay. everything is kind of a setup for, for a very situational thing but it feels like you're kind of watching an old Shakespeare play or something like that, where it's like, yeah, this, this just feels kind of far-fetched overall. And so everybody is kind of acting more like a a caricature and that makes it Mm -hmm. less, uh, you know, less valid in my, in my eyes. I get that. Um, And, and I would say um, it would be closer to a tie because, like, I see your understanding of realism compared to kind of satire. And, and, and the movie is set up that way. You know, there's a scene where Steve Martin is, like, doing some notes and you see a fireman, you know, flying up in the air because of a hose, which is literally impossible, you know. But the, there's these little gags like that throughout the whole film, you know. And, and that's Steve Martin's writing because he is all about physical comedy, too. Yeah, um, yeah, and absolutely. and and so, uh, but I think, in my mind, even though all the other characters are small, I think they all do a great job with what they're given. You know, Chris, the handsome guy who really can't speak to to girls, um, and he seems like a bumbling buffoon, but he's he he knows what he's uh, like when he's a firefighter and talking with the boys. You know. Um, and stuff like that. And so I think every little character, Fred Willard as the mayor, who's also a volunteer firefighter and just kind of weird. That's totally Fred Willard, you know, but he's doing great at that role. Um, and so in, in my opinion, I think they all do fantastic acting, but that's just for this purpose only. But I think if we're going to go with realism, then for sure I'll go with, uh, um, or more grounded uh, when ha- Harry met Sally. <laughs> and, and we don't necessarily have to go with just gr- like grounding it in reality, but I would also say that if we're if we're also taking in the acting overall, like yeah, I think that they kind of they throw Roxanne into this more comedic uh, aesthetic. And so, yeah, I, I get that they, they don't have to make every mm-hmm. character as, as believable. They can kind of put them into more caricature. But still, there are a couple characters who I feel like, I, I will be honest, I don't think that Daryl Hannah is, is particularly mm-hmm. well fleshed out. I think actually and, the one person that wasn't funny in the whole movie. The yeah, whole so that's, you know, that's probably the other thing. Like, whereas in Harry Met Sally... There are, you know, primarily like four characters. You got Meg Ryan, mm-hmm. you got Billy Crystal, you got Carrie Fisher, and you got Bruno Kirby. And I feel like all four of them are are all great. Mm-hmm. Whereas in Roxanne, they're trying to say like, hey, here are all these other casting characters, and it probably has like a a greater quantity of people who are doing great. But the fact that Daryl Hannah kind of is just so bland and kind of boring. Like it kind of feels that that's why I would a hundred percent. I wouldn't even say bland though, but she just, you know, 
like I said, I think she was the, supposed to be the one serious character in the whole film. And, and, and I think she did great for what her role was, but just um, compared to the rest of the people being more comical. Yeah. Um, so we'll give it to when Harry met Sally. Okay, and this might come into the same thing as supporting character strengths. Uh, but again, I feel I, I'm partial to Roxanne. I love all the supporting characters. I think they all add a little flavor. You know, even the, the group of old ladies, you know, he liked to tease um, one about, you know, the saying about a man's nose, or he just like acted like he fell out of the tree and it was aliens that had abducted him. Um, I think they do great. They just add to all the, the all the supporting characters just add this extra flavor to the film. Now, I I do have to question you on on this. Like, who mm-hmm. are you counting as supporting? Because there are like kind of extras, and there are. Like, <laughs> I guess I guess I'm saying like I I know what you're saying with yours is your supporting characters are Carrie Fisher, Carrie and, Fisher, and Bruno Kirby. And, yeah, um, and and I guess uh, technically you can't say everyone is a supporting character, but I think of like the whole community as kind of supporting characters. Um, but if we're gonna go with the the strengths, then definitely when Harry met Sally, because there are defined supporting characters. Because like I said, I think everyone is a supporting character besides Steve Martin and maybe Daryl Hannah. Right. Like the town itself is probably, if you want to say something like you would probably say that it's its own character. Mm-hmm. Um, but, and, and you have like some of the more, more main characters. You have Rick Rasevich playing as Chris and you have Shelly Duvall playing as Dixie. And I, I don't feel like Shelly Duvall's character really gets to, to do too much. It, mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and the waitress. I think she, I think Shelley Duvall does as much as she possibly can. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, the the waitress bartender girl who Chris ends up running off with. Um, but I, I, I just kind of felt sad that like Shelley Duvall, like she she has mm-hmm. done great stuff in the past. I, I've seen her in uh, some other, you know, like Woody Allen films and, and things mm-hmm. like that. And she'll kind of make a part more her own. And this one is just kind of very bland. Mm-hmm. My, my favorite moment of when Harry met Sally's supporting character is Carrie Fisher. They're talking and they're trying to set up Meg Ryan. And uh, she's like going through her uh, list of book people. And this just shows dated how dated this movie is. They don't have like <laughs> contacts on the phone. They've got flip books of of contacts and but uh they're like oh no he's married and then she dogs ears it and i i loved that moment just as something so subtle but it 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 made me laugh out loud for sure (laughs) yeah i i think that if you're if you're gonna take all the characters of of the film then a hundred percent that the characters are way more fun in um, in Roxanne, and so I, I'm willing to to give. We can we can just say uh, that we're we're going to count them as as a character of its own, and you know between Rick and the town versus Carrie Fisher and Bruno Kirby, it's like you know what? Okay, I'll I'll give it to uh, I'll I'll give it to Roxanne just because of how <laughs> funny those characters are. I was going to say Bruno. He's a great supporting character, but he didn't bring a whole lot more. I guess, I, like I said, that moment with Carrie Fisher made her stand out where there wasn't that moment with Bruno, in my mind. Yeah, a- Bruno doesn't get as much. Like, he, he does have a, a few funny parts, like when Harry and, and, and Jess... Oh, when they make fun of his table. That, that, that was... uh, yeah, when they make fun of his his little coffee table, that's a great part. And then also when the two of them are at the baseball game or the football game or something, mm-hmm. and everybody like keeps doing the wave over and over, and they're like they're trying to have this like serious conversation mm-hmm. about that... how <laughs> oh the situation, and I did love that too. Yeah, <laughs> yes. So it's just such a funny part. They're like having this 
heartfelt, horrible thing that's happened to him where like his, his wife has, has told him that he, she doesn't love him anymore and wants him to move mm. out, has been planning this move out for him. And while they're doing that, they're just doing, doing the wave, giant, yeah. yeah, doing the wave over and over. Okay, so how funny is it overall? So it looks like we're still tied again. Um, yeah, close, close match here. And uh, there were some great moments in When Harry Met Sally, but why When Harry Met Sally, I think, maybe is a little bit more on the romantic side over the comedy side is the serious you know, um, situations that they have, you know, of uh, Billy Crystal talking about his wife leaving him and the meltdown that he has, um, you know. And so it's not like funny throughout where Roxanne has all these just, like I said, little scenes and looking at the newspaper or the uh, like montage of training the firefighters and like the fat guy who won't go down the... Um, pull even though it's just like not much of a drop <laughs> you know just these little moments uh throughout the whole movie that just like you said you were smiling the whole time and 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 for me i was i was laughing almost the whole time yeah roxanne gets the overall funny to me even though i think that the highest highs belong to uh belong to when harry met sally like we talked earlier about the diner scene where she's mm. faking the orgasm. And I think, holy cow, that is so, so just perfectly deadpan the whole way through. And it just, it, it makes me really laugh at that scene still. Um, and then there are a couple other parts where the wagon wheel, <laughs> the wagon wheel uh, chair or some mm-hmm. things, but they're often more kind of subdued comedy. Um, it feels it feels more naturalistic, you know, like you're seeing Harry and Sally, and they're like putting on the funny voice, where it's like the, mm-hmm. I can't I can't do it, even though I watched it just today. But he's like, uh, can uh, do you want to go on a date or something like that? Mm-hmm. And and that's like charming, but it's not like it's not as consistently funny throughout there's a couple even like good stand-up kind of moments through it but yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna have to give it to roxanne myself so interesting that we have almost completely agreed with each other throughout Mm -hmm. this so so far okay originality of story Um, and i I think that we shouldn't necessarily even just uh, talk about it as originality of story but maybe originality overall Mm-hmm. Just like of the elements that kind of it, it's it's created the the sum of its parts that kind of give it originality. I think this is tough because we we've, we've talked about um, Sereno de Bergerac. Uh, you know, he wrote this long, long ago, but um, or the story of Sereno de Bergerac was written long ago. But this is new to Americans, right? And so it, it feels original. And, but then afterwards, it gets kind of repeated over and over by others now. Well, I don't think that you can do anything to, to prevent you know, other people who are creating something that is similar to it. You know, like when Harry Met Sally kind of feels a lot like 500 Days of Summer or What If the Daniel Radcliffe movie or some other ones where it's, yeah, it's a guy who they're, they're just friends at first and they're trying to transition and figure out that they actually like, like each other. And Mm. so, yeah, I I would say that the originality of either story doesn't necessarily feel, uh, doesn't feel wholly original in itself, but what elements do they take that like do kind of make them feel like they come into their own skin. So you talk about how you you mentioned over text and over the phone how you love the little aspects and and I do love of the it cut in between different couples talking about how they met 
you know. Um, and Rob Reiner collected these stories of people from New York, and then he just got actors to play out the same stories. And so that mm -hmm. was, a, and I love that. Yeah, it, it just feels like these nice injections of like, sometimes you watch a, a rom-com and it just is kind of played throughout the whole thing and you just feel like, yeah, this is very rote. It's just very rom-com. And I think that those like little injections of those human interest stories of like, oh, here was, here was how I, I met my spouse and those kind of happening throughout it. And then at the very end where you have Harry and Sally sharing in one of those moments it, it just really kind of played it off really nicely for me that it, it, it that was its own flavor to to the rom-com story mm -hmm. and so i think for that aspect alone i would tip it over to when harry met sally now i i do want to say like uh, in terms of originality of story for roxanne you know, I haven't seen other versions of Cyrano de Bergerac myself. And so it, it definitely didn't feel unoriginal, but it still does kind of feel like it's, it's not really adding, adding too much of its own flavor. It's like, yeah, it's a modern adaptation of Cyrano de Bergerac, but we also see modern adaptations of uh, Romeo and Juliet all the time. And I don't feel like just modernizing something like that is enough to to put it over in terms of originality. Yeah, and and they might have been the first American version, like I said, afterwards, I think. This came out in 87. They were, these movies were pretty close. Um, yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, so I guess we're going with When Harry Met Sally. Yeah, so still tied three to three. I think it's actually. Yeah, I'm gonna be right. Yeah, I've been keeping track of them. Okay, yep. next okay, part I... is the eye candy. So how how well these people pop? How how gorgeous are they? Like I said, Billy Crystal was a handsome young man in this movie. Um. But for me, Meg Ryan did not pop out because I've seen her in other things where I felt like she did pop out more. Um, yeah, I mean, if we're saying, if we're going to compare people just across, like uh, Billy Crystal wins over Steve Martin, but Daryl Hannah is probably better looking than Meg Ryan. But I think that it's, it's a lot closer. Well, I see... I think, I mean, that's tough because Steve Martin also was very handsome at that stage of his life. And even though they gave him an interesting trivia on that, that knows like how hard that was to get it to be the same color and that prosthetic um, with his nose. Uh, it's just, it's, it's it, interesting to, to read about that. But, um, you know, he's, slim and he's fit at that age uh when this movie was made you know it was right before planes trains and anna and even though steve martin is known for having gray hair doesn't mean he was 50 years old you know that's what we sometimes people think or assume but he was a young man and he was still doing great with that and so i i, I think so you're gonna put the two of them a little bit closer mm-hmm um, now, I, it, you know, should we also be comparing with what you just see in the in the film? I would say yes, because if we're going to compare also older versions, I think uh, old man Steve Martin is a little more <laughs> handsome than old man Billy Crystal. <laughs> yeah, old man Billy Crystal doesn't look so good, and I, I feel bad. But for for just eye candy, I. I Personally, I'm going to give it to Raymond Sally. I think that the people, they, they look overall mm -hmm. better to myself. Yeah, I think I, that I mean, if, you're, if you're going to count in the town, the town is full of wackadoo people. And, True. And That's exactly what I was going to say. I was like, <laughs> even, even Chris, uh, the handsome guy, they don't even like, they don't even pull like a, um, 
you know, a, a Terry Crews or, or something like that where he takes off his shirt. The most he is is in a um uh a wife beater, I think. Uh, you know, and so they don't sure. even show how handsome he is ever. And so yeah, I, for that reason I'll I'll go with you. Totally. Okay. Um the last one. Um objective reflection. Like how awful these people would these characters be in real life for what they're doing. And I, I think I mentioned this via our text when we were talking about these movies that Harry is a total a-hole. And then I, I talked at the beginning of this that I loved Steve Martin's character because I want to be like him. And so like, I would not, and people love his character in the whole town. People want to meet him, want to be around him and, and enjoy what he does um, where people don't, people some people are disgusted by harry right i i think that this is a little bit more you know we're we're gonna split hairs here in the fact mm-hmm. that it's not like other romantic comedies where some girl is dating some bad boy dude who's he's no good for her he's cheating on her and so it's okay that she cheats on him with with the the guy friend or or any aspect of, of that and so like neither me i don't think any person uh harry sure he's not he may not be great in some aspects like yeah he's he's always figuring out a way to get out of the the house from the girl right after he has sex with them he's a little bit more i, I wouldn't say that he's he's a misogynist but he he definitely wants to just have a have a quick fling and and mm. leave. Well, I mean, I think it is kind of a, a an early version of you know we later on see rom coms of frat boys being total a holes. You know, like uh, you think of Hitch, right? Um, <laughs> you've seen that? Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Um, there are some people who just want to be with a girl to you know get laid, right? but he doesn't want to help them. Um, right. he's, and, and, and so he kind of is that in the very beginning. And it's not until the end when he realizes how great his relationship is with her. And the final monologue, which is fantastic, that's what really caught me at the end while I did like it, is that line of, um, when people talk about the rest of their lives and you meet someone and you want your rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Sorry, that is me butchering that line. But yeah, uh, that is when he really has changed. I mean, he, you, you see it before, but it, it isn't until he can say it out loud. Like, okay, he's, he's a changed man. He's no longer the guy who, who wants that. And that was the beginning. That was 12 years earlier when he was more of an a-hole. And so the Harry at the end of the movie, yeah, I'd like to meet. He seems like a little bit better. Um, now, here is, I'm, I'm going to throw a, a counterpoint in here of why you may not want to necessarily meet uh, Charles, you know, CD in, yeah. in, uh, in Roxanne. And I think that the, some of the stuff that he does in the, in the movie is kind of bizarre. Like he's, he's setting up the girl with Chris and he's, he's trying to feel like so good about himself that he's like, Hey, I wooed this girl with my words and I got Chris in there to bang her. And it's like, what you like, why are we, why are we cheering on this dude for like having somebody else bang his girl? And like that he wants to do that kind of a thing. And it's like, that. obviously he di- doesn't fully realize that he wants to, to be with uh, Daryl Hannah's character until until a little bit later, but it's just see, I would disagree. I think he wants to be with her, and and he he felt at that moment when he and that's my I think the best monologue is though even though it's in the first act is his underneath the tree, you know, he, saying your name is like a knife to the heart, Roxanne, Roxanne, and just. You feel his passion for her, right? These are oh, the yeah, words he's, that he's, he's got passion. 
um, that he is delivering to her, and I think he is in love with her. And he's so excited, like, yes, I did it. And then he realized, wait, I did it. Crap, I just gave this guy the easiest layup to get in bed with the woman I'm in love with. All those words I meant, and he just wanted to talk about her legs. You know, he, he, this guy, even though he's dumb, you know, it should be me up there because I just gave this eloquent monologue of, of my love for her. And, and she is trembling for me, but she got the touch of another man. And then you feel bad for him because you realize he just, he did something amazing, but also just effed up too. Or he just allowed this guy to, to take the win. Right. Like he's just, this is the original simp, you know, somebody mm-hmm. who's just, he's trying to be a friend and he, he even cuckolds himself and it's just like, Oh, that, mm-hmm. I feel a little weird watching that. Now, uh, maybe additionally, I don't feel like there are, maybe if you're also including in some of the supporting characters here, you have Marie, Carrie Fisher's character in When Harry Met Sally. Mm-hmm. And she is actively dating a guy who is just not going to break up with his wife. She's just the mistress. And mm-hmm. they kind of play it up to to some jokes, but also to some r- real you know, to some reality of, of some people where they, they just always are hoping like, you know what, he's, he's going to leave her. He's going to, and like, she just never gets over it until she meets Bruno Kirby's character, Jess. And then Mm -hmm. she like falls in love with him and, and she's kind of cured of that. And Chris is kind of a, a douchebag character in, Mm -hmm. in Roxanne where sure he was kind of pursuing Roxanne, but then he just, Kind totally of on a left. whim, leaves her mm. for for the hostess lady. That's true. Chris is not a person I'd want to hang out with at all. But here's the question: So the person that sent this uh, or gave us this idea to to talk about, they said they hate in movies where people cheat on their significant other. So is she the one to blame, or is it the person that the the husband? per se. I mean, she's still it, but he's also a horrible person for literally cheating on his wife for Carrie Fisher. It's a complicated matter. Like, I feel like yeah. if you are if you are actively seeking out that person uh, and you know that they're married, yeah, you're, you're a I little bit... I guess she did dog ear it, so she did go after someone who is married. So, yes. <laughs> I, you know, I figured the dog ear was just so that she could mark it and be like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna toss the, like, oh, uh, just make a mark of this one later down the line so that... Oh, I thought it was uh, just a joke that she's into married men, only married men. Yeah, well, it could be that, yeah. I think either way, it's it's, it's pretty good. Uh, For, I guess, objective reflection, so Harry, he may be the kind who is a little bit more sexually aggressive than C.D., but CD is like literally beating people up for just making fun of his nose. Like he mm-hmm. is returning verbal, verbal taunts as with like actual violence. And I don't think that that would necessarily fly. Like people would sue him in today's culture. <laughs> True. But I also think he gives them an opportunity to like apologize, you know, to some extent because he is the fire chief, you know, <laughs> so he's not, canceled per se i think that if we had a fire chief who was beating the crap out of people nowadays like even if he's just beating them up with like a tennis racket i i feel like he would be uh, he would he would have to step down from his position pretty quick well in in all cases too the other party started it yeah but they're only it's it's verbal versus like actual physical assault no, no, no. I mean, in physically, the guy in the bar and the two guys, they attacked him. Do they attack him at the very beginning? Yeah. I mean, they make fun of him and he, you know, tells them that they should, he doesn't want to be in their shoes. And then he acts like he's going to kung fu, but they're the ones who actually go after who him. Draw out their things. Okay. I'm, I mm. must have, I must or have maybe, looked down maybe at that, that part. Maybe he does punch them. Sorry, the yeah. beginning one, I think he does do the first punch. 
but at the bar, that guy does the first punch. Okay, yeah, definitely that dude, and he he fights that dude. Uh, you know, I, I'm gonna say that this one's a tie for me personally. Yeah, I'll I'll take that. You're gonna you're gonna tie I, it up I, as well. Um, I I think Meg Ryan's character great. Uh, Boris, you know, uh, or Bruno, sorry. I'm okay with meeting, but Harry, I'd hate to meet the younger version. The older version, I think he'd be okay. The end of the movie and Carrie Fisher is mad, but I would love to meet, I guess, objective reflection, I'd probably love to meet the town, except for the one guy who has the everything dead store. <laughs> that guy. <laughs> and Chris. Oh, right. guys, yeah. Guys. That dude is such a freaking jerk. I forgot about him and how <laughs> terrible he is. Because even, even as, as bad as like Harry is as a young man like he does not compare to the everything dead store owner (laughs) but he does you know he gets what he (laughs) um reaps or he reaps what he sows right which is absolutely nothing Mm -hmm. um well since we don't since uh harry met sally is currently up up by one then i guess we don't need a tiebreaker round but I was thinking that maybe we could still have this one for uh, best monologue of the film. So I guess if we're doing best monologue, then I would say definitely there's two fantastic monologues in Roxanne where it was only that, that last one where the whole movie in Harry Met Sally is just monologue versus monologue. You know, it's just, I say something. It's got, it's, it's got a lot of, you know, big moments where they're, they're kind of hitting you with a, a monologue of some sort, uh, whether it's at the very beginning where when Harry is describing how men can't be friends with women, I think that that's mm. funny material. And it's a funny scene that doesn't even have to do with, with the two of them falling in love necessarily. Mm-hmm. And then his, his later amendment to that is another funny, funny monologue scene. And then his, kind of impassioned plea at the very end where he's you would typically kind of associate it with like the the guy coming to the girl's house while it's raining and she opens the Mm -hmm. door and he's just like i'm so sorry i didn't mean to do this i i've kind of come to terms with you know i need to change this thing about myself and his monologue at the end you you butchered it earlier but once you know the the person who you want to spend the rest of your life with, you want the rest of your life to start right then with them. Yes. And, but that was the only one in my mind that really hit. I, I, I didn't feel like any of the others really hit. They were good material for, for this dialogue. I, I think uh, the, the writer, her name is Nora. I think she did a fantastic job at writing good dialogue between people, even though I think my wife might disagree, but I, I liked it personally. But yeah, I think yeah. the monologues of Steve Martin, the one in the bar and then the one under the tree. And I think you really feel the passion there. I think that one was a, a little bit better. And, and then you see more of his writing later on when he gets caught, uh, his letters. And so I, I think that is much greater in my mind. But I will say, you know, because of that monologue, I think it, it really saved the whole movie because it hits so hard that it just connected everything you know and that's sometimes the good thing of a good movie where there can be sometimes other movies it seems really good but then the the end the third act the the last part just falls flat and it's just like then you think of the movie oh it wasn't that great yeah and i think that is probably the fault that i was seeing in roxanne is that the the third act monologue plea, whatever you want to kind of call it. It comes from Daryl Hannah's character Mm -hmm. and it, it really kind of falls a lot more flat where she's trying to convince him that, no, I I like you for you, but it really, it, it it was not nearly as, as masterful as Mm -hmm. when Harry comes in and gives this so, like, you can feel the tenseness of the situation that Sally doesn't really want to be there. She feels conflicted, and she also has just been feeling more jilted by Harry. And Harry comes in there, and everything is kind of noisy, and 
boom, here's this this whole thing that he he doesn't care that everybody else is is being loud or, or whatever. He's just like, I I just gotta do this right now, and, and I felt that very strong. Mm-hmm. Nonetheless, these movies are great. And to our listeners, you guys should check them out. And then you can decide for yourself which one you love more. Yeah, so even though uh, When Harry Met Sally won by just a hair, what, by just a hairy... Maybe. Even though Harry Met Sally did win by these stipulations, I will probably still say that Roxanne was, was better because I have that bias and that love for it. Yes. But there are fantastic moments in When Harry Met Sally. Let's do um, some. I've got some random other trivia for you. Let's. Uh, yeah, get me uh, up with some trivia. So you you always ask what, what what is your section about the name of a a movie? What do you call it? Title Sorry. grade. Title, title grade. grade. So, what are your thoughts of of both of these with title grade? Um, you know, I'm I'm probably not going to give either of them particularly high score. I think the name Roxanne, for instance, tells you nothing about what the what what it's going to be about. Like obviously you, you know call it Sarino de Bergiac or Big Nose. <laughs> Why couldn't I call it Big Nose? Um I since I think since Big Nose Roxanne is obviously Roxanne is is more about the character and it's not like she's kind of the object of desire, but she's not really as big of a role as CD's character is. And mm-hmm. so I, I feel like it should have been named after him. But, but you I don't want to call it just, CD Bales. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it probably doesn't, doesn't have the same ring, but it just doesn't feel like it's. With the with the name Roxanne, what are you, what are you going to do with that? Like it just doesn't uh, unless, feel. Uh, the uh, was it the police? They did the song Roxanne. Yeah, they didn't even sing that. <laughs> uh, probably to good a, to good effect. Like you don't necessarily need to have a, a song about prostitutes in it for for that movie. I don't think there's a better title. It's just in my mind. It, it's not a great title. I just don't think there's a better title. Yeah, I, there there are so many movies where, like, if you you can't do some type of pun or anything else, mm-hmm. uh, it it's just like, well, yeah, it's you, you had to put something down on the paper just mm-hmm. so that people could could do it. But mm-hmm. and when Harry met Sally, it's like, yeah. It, they so, met, so my but like that's is this, their meat cute isn't great. Yeah, mm, is that they just uh, the writer didn't like the title, and th- these are other ones that Rob Reiner considered: just friends, playing melancholy baby, boy meets girl, blue moon, words of love, it had to be you. Harry, this is Sally, or how they met. I would have liked Just Friends probably as like the best title for it. I wouldn't even call them Just Friends in the beginning. You know, I think that's it would have been confusing, and I, I understand why they didn't choose that. I don't like any of these, or maybe Harry, this is Sally, but that it was never was it stated that in the very beginning. Um, I'm glad it wasn't. It had to be you because. That was basically a line from Tom Hanks and Meg Ryan in uh, You Got Mail, <laughs> I think. It just had to be you. I was hoping it was you. Is Meg Ryan also the love character, you know, the romantic character in Sleepless in Seattle? Correct. Okay. So and Joe vs. the Volcano. Of those. Okay, I have seen Joe vs. the Volcano, but that was a long time ago, and I don't remember a single thing about it. She actually plays three characters. I, I love her in that movie because of her dynamicness in that. Uh, let's see, another fun fact. Oh, so the scene where they're on the phone and they're talking to their respective friends that mm-hmm. they had sex. 
So interestingly enough, this could have been done a lot easier. They could have just filmed three different things, but they actually did it all at the same time. It was all the same st- soundstage. Rob Reiner wanted it to go perfectly where they speak, and the next person says their line, so on and so forth, and then they hang up all at the same time, right? Hmm, that's cool. Yeah, I- three different cameras, and it took 61 times for them to get this perfect. And so I, I found that incredible. I'm like, you could have easily done this in editing. You know? <laughs> yeah, 61 takes, that might be pushing it for, for how many times that you really need to, to do it. Does it, co- it comes off like a great scene. Everybody's kind of playing. You're, you're hearing this overlap of the voices, but should they have necessarily gone for that? Well, I don't know. <laughs> Um, okay, so some fun trivia of Roxanne. When he hears of the different noses at the doctors, one that he really loves is his own, Steve Martin's. Figures, figures. Yeah. Uh, the, one of the jokes from Big Nose, you must love the little birdies that you give them this to perch on, is mm-hmm. a direct scene from Sereno de Bergerac. And And the dirty one, finally a man who can satisfied two women at once is often edited out if it's on TV or on a plane. <laughs> okay. So people just get, they miss out on it. They're just like, he only did 19. Well, folks, thanks for listening to our first ever genre battle episode, the ROM competition. Uh, that's all the, the trivia that we've got for you this week. And uh, once again, When Harry Met Sally won by just one category. So both of these are great movies, and if you haven't seen them yet, get on it. You'll love them. And remember to join us next time when I interview a guest about the indie hit Napoleon Dynamite and why that's their favorite movie. Thanks for listening to The Movies That Move Us.